Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Chelsea Gilson. Before we get to Chelsea, I have some announcements to make. One, please go to our website. That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. There you'll find all your Travel Tales Podcast needs. What are those needs? Well, you might want to read some articles that I've written or some of the articles that the guests have written. Maybe you want to see links to all our social media. And by that, of course, I mean Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast, and Instagram. Twitter, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. There's links to YouTube. And there are links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you subscribe on any one of those, I appreciate it. Costs you nothing, of course. But also, all I ask is that you maybe give us a good rating. That helps more people find the show because it boosts our presence, and that's always a cool thing. Hey, maybe you want to be on the show. Maybe you know somebody who'd be great for the show. If so, write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Been hearing a lot from people who want to be on the show or know somebody who think you'd be great for the show. And I've used a few people from uh, those suggestions. So you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. So Chelsea Gilson is someone who did not write me. I found her. How did I find her? Well, I was Googling yoga classes in L.A. All right. I can hear the eyes rolling of all the people that I grew up with in the Midwest saying, Mike, that's it. You've gone full on L.A. Now you're looking up yoga classes. It's not enough. You moved to the West Side. You're a beach guy now. I'm over here in Santa Monica, Venice, and now I'm going full on West Side. Yep. Got to do some yoga. I was actually looking to get into it uh, anyway because I got into a canoe in Alaska and I was just so uncomfortable sitting upright with my legs out straight steering the boat and it just uh, it, it was more uncomfortable than it should have been and I realized I am not as flexible as I should be. I've always known that my knees I just want to be able to touch my toes without bending my knees. Is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. Flexibility is important. All right, get off my back. But in doing the search of these yoga classes, I came across a website called The Traveling Fig. That's F-I-G, F as in Frank, I-G, Traveling Fig, like Fig Newton or the fig tree. And it was a lifestyle blog by someone named Chelsea Gilson, who lives right here in West Hollywood. And she loves to travel. She has recommendations for restaurants and travel recommendations. And she's also a certified yoga instructor. So she had great insight on yoga classes around town and everything else. And just a really cool site. And I thought she'd make for a good guest on the show. And I was right. She responded uh, very quickly. And she rode her bike all the way from West Hollywood to... Santa Monica, which is a hell of a ride. I think it's about, I don't know, I'm going to say 10 to 15 miles, but it's in heavy-duty traffic, folks. And riding your bike around LA is not always the safest thing to do. Scares the hell out of me, actually. And I'm someone who rode his bike all around the city streets of Chicago and New York. So yeah, people just don't look for bikes here. and it's, uh, It's scary. But she did it. She made a day of it and rode out to the beach And we sat down for this interview, which uh, I really enjoyed. We've got links to all Chelsea's websites at uh, TravelTalesPodcast.com. She's got different handles on all her social media, so it can get a little confusing. And we talk about it a little. But uh, if you want to find links to all her social media and everything else, you can see it at TravelTalesPodcast.com. And you might want to follow her after getting to know her. I enjoy my conversation with her, and I hope you will too. Please enjoy my conversation with the lovely and charming... Chelsea Gilson. Chelsea Gilson, which is just a fun name to say, by the way. Thank you. Isn't it fun, Chelsea yeah. Gilson? It just kind, flows nice. I kind of feel like it has a country tinge to it. It does. It does. Yeah. It's very, 
It's a great showbiz name. Yeah, my middle name is Ray, so it's like Chelsea Ray Gilson. Oh, it that's country. very southern. Yeah. yeah, I get that. People are always like, Texas? Are you, you from be, Texas? <laughs> you should be opening for yeah. Trisha Underwood with Yes. That. So how long have you been in L.A.? I've been here for probably eight long years. Oh, it's not long. But you it know, flies by, doesn't I it? I can say that the the way that you can say that you're from LA is if you stop going home for Christmas. That's the <laughs> that's the that's like okay, now I live here. It's a so. point of like uh, growing older, I guess, and too, and more mature, and you realize, oh, I don't have to right? do this. It's just right. like this. Yeah. Is, it's like oh, I'm an adult now. I can yes. make my own decisions. I don't have to. Just because you want me to come by, it's a hassle. It's hard and it's expensive. And I know. Now so. I always try to do a big trip somewhere else around Christmas. I right. try to use my vacation wisely. That's what I always did when I, I worked at TBS. I, we had my longest break was around Christmas and New Year's. We yeah. had three weeks, and that's when I went. Oh yeah, I went to India for three weeks. I went to Southeast Asia. I'm supposed to do India this year, and I did Southeast Asia. Two years see, ago. we're on the yeah. same path. <laughs> are you? Uh, are, can somebody see you on television now, or are you working? I just filmed a small role in this movie. Dolomite is my name. Oh. It is a remake of the original. Well, not a remake. It is not a remake. Eddie Murphy is the one that produce is producing it, and it is telling the story of how that movie was made. Okay, I think I know one of the producers on this. Maybe an executive. Craig producer, Brewer. Lee. Maybe. Lee, L-E-I-G. I only worked four days, or maybe it was five days, but I met everyone all at once. So it's wow, really hard great. for me to place everyone, but it had some huge star names in it. It yeah. was really cool. I'm like so excited. My role is so small. I play <laughs> this one girl that's in the original film, and I have you know <laughs> really? this one scene, but my scene is with Eddie Murphy, which is kind of cool. He was like so fun to Are you like with. all 70s out? You got, I, like, oh my God, they put me in a wig. It's oh, a whole awesome. thing. I had bell bottoms. <laughs> Yeah. Did you see the original film with Rudy Ray Moore? I only got to see clips of it. They took it down from Netflix, I oh, think, really? in preparation of this. I yeah. think they're going to do some kind of relaunch of it. Maybe they're even you know, remastering their original It was or such something. an underground thing that most people don't know. It was huge in the black community, yes. but like uh, most people didn't know about it. But it was a really underground. He was this comic that was filthy. That was, a, that was his act. I yeah. mean, it was just like really dirty. So you could only get his stuff on albums and things. It's so funny. And yeah, it was like a black exploitation hero. Did they make one or two original movies? I think they have a bunch of Dolomite yeah, movies. Yeah, there was like a he series, a maybe? a bunch. But this, if this particular movie is just how he made the first one. Okay, is he still alive? How we like pulled the ends together. I don't know. Is he there? I don't I'm not know. sure. I'll have to look it up. That's this has been question. Movie Talk. with. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's get to uh, The Traveling Fig. Yes. Why, uh, well, first of all, why Fig? Why, what's that know, about? You know, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think <laughs> of something clever, right? Like, I just wanted it to be... Something clever and catchy and easy to remember instead of, you know, my, my Instagram handle is organic travel, which I chose that because people will type in those two words. I think it just naturally brings a lot of people to it. But as a brand, I wanted something that was like cute and catchy and, you know, memorable. <laughs> and I just really like figs. I would say that they're my favorite food. But I had at one point this uh, idea for a logo with like this little fig that had a little stick and like the, the clothes stick. You know what I'm talking right, about? Right. The, the hobo stick. Yeah. The hobo stick yet that has long passed but i had a friend with a uh, fig tree in venice here in his backyard and we would make everything out of figs yeah. like he would like do a big harvest a couple times a year and then all of a sudden we, we made these cocktails out of figs yeah it was great yeah i mean now that my blog is traveling fig i feel compelled you're obligated. to eat a lot of figs right. and experiment with them so i too have made quite a few fig cocktails you and do. I mean, really anything that you, you can have figs in. <laughs> you heard from I've the fig board? You know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The sponsorship? Honorary member. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, what was your... Uh, it's more than just travel yes, blog. It's it like is. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle blog. So, what was your goal and purpose to start the blog in the first place? I came out to California when I was a junior in college, my summer going into my senior year of college, I came out with a group of friends. I was kind of dating this guy. Uh Here we go. I know how this goes. And then I moved back home to Boston, finished out my senior year, came back out to LA, still dating this guy, you know, like living with him for a little bit. And then I moved back home to Boston and I just was obsessed with the idea of California. (laughs) And I feel like I was back home living with my parents, had a great job, but you know, was like 
go- was going the normal trajectory. I was like, this is my life. I'm going to live in Massachusetts and have a normal career path and everything. But I had gotten these little uh, bits of travel from being out here. So the boyfriend, he ended up turning into my husband. So it's oh, a good story. But work. He, um, we, he took me all over California when I was out here. Like that first summer, he, we took off. We drove to Vegas. We drove all the way up the coastline, saw Napa. Like I just feel like I got a lot of... I don't know, I really energized by travel. And before that, my junior year, I studied abroad in Spain. So that was my first time even leaving the country. And just all of these experiences, I was so excited to tell people about them and like so excited to recount them. And I started to just jot them down and write things. And then when I was back in Massachusetts, I had so much free time on my hands that (laughs) I began it to be, I began more of like a lifestyle blog, I would say, you know, and it kind of just grew from there, you know, as I got into healthy eating and as I got into all these other different avenues, you know, the blog kind of expanded with me. And as I was planning my wedding, I would start to do wedding tips on there and you know and then I started getting sponsorships and affiliates and it kind of took on a life of its own and it's done (laughs) pretty well for itself now and you know I think travel is still obviously you know the basis that's what I love to write about I love to share I just got back from a few weeks in Greece like I can't wait to compile that into not just an itinerary and like places to eat but something that really will tell somebody that maybe can't go or maybe is looking to go what it really felt like for me to go there. Uh, so it's kind of more of a storytelling path that I think I'm on with the blog now. How many years is, has it been going on? Oh my gosh, over 10. Oh my gosh, really? It's probably its 10th anniversary right about now. So you met your husband in college? I met him in college. In Boston, which yes. college? Assumption College. It is a small wow. Catholic school in Worcester, Massachusetts. And my grandmother was Jewish. from Worcester. No way. Yes. That's and so he's Jewish random. at a Catholic school. Yeah, and yeah, my mom's always like, he tricked us. We thought you were going to marry a nice Catholic boy. That we was my dad. Catholic school. My yeah. mom was Catholic. My dad was Jewish. Yeah. Oh, no See? way. Yep. Yeah, it yep. can work. Yep. And then he was he was originally from Los Angeles. So he, when he graduated oh, so a year a before me, I was like, oh, LA sounds nice. <laughs> I got to get his story. How does he, why does he go to like a Catholic he school? He got sent and... to a prep school in Vermont. Ah. And then he was good at football. So he got recruited <laughs> okay. to play football. And his parents were probably like, stay out there, you know, get some clean Right. Like, Hide the star good, of David. Clean friends. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't worry your mezuzah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just like Boston, I feel like it's, you know, it, it, it has none of the LA bullshit. Like you can have yeah. <laughs> just like a real childhood, I think, in Boston. And right. it's just good, clean fun. I, it's everyone goes out and drinks too many beers, you know. That's always my favorite line. It's a throwaway line in Spinal Tap, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. <laughs> but that's, it's the greatest thing. But it, uh, the guy's, hey, guys, uh, he's telling the band, hey, Boston canceled. But don't worry, it's not a big college town anyway. <laughs> so it's like the greatest college town. Seriously. It's like 100 colleges there. Oh, my God, it's so fun. Uh, I would, I'm envious of anybody who goes to school there. Yes. I almost went to BU. I had my money sent in to BU and my deposit sent in and everything. And then I went to go see the campus, and it's all spread out. And I'm this small town girl. I'm really from this place Plymouth Mass where the pilgrims landed sure. but this like tiny little town next to that with I had goats and chickens I went to that campus and I was exasperated by it I was like <laughs> yeah. I, this is not for me I need to go somewhere small and quaint and, and now like you live Worcester in Los City, Angeles yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it was really that studying abroad it was that you know right. my roommate at the time was going to Spain and she basically forced me to go I was like I don't want you know, I'm not going to have any roommates. Yeah, what am I going to see <laughs> yeah. in Spain? Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Why so, would I ever? So we went and then we traveled all around Europe and we went to Morocco and, you know, wow. I was so inspired by all of these places. And now I, I take tours. I take groups to Morocco. Yeah. We'll talk about that in yeah. a little bit. But uh, I want to say Worcester, Mass. I think I performed there back Worcester. in the day. And is there a Clark College there? There is. I did that. Yes. I played Clark, Clark College. Yeah. That's so ago. funny. Back in the yeah. 90s. You, I had a bunch of friends that Before went you there. even went there, probably. Yes. It is oh, before great. That depresses me. No. Uh, so, <laughs> it depresses me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Europe. So it was your first time over yeah. there when you went to Spain. Yes. Where in Spain did you, in Madrid? Or in you? Granada. This, it's so beautiful. It's yeah. got all this Moorish history, you know, the Alhambra's there and everything. But it's the only place left in Spain where the tapas are actually free. So you order a cocktail or beer or drink or a Tinto de Verano. Yeah. And you get... A top, well, each bar will be different. So say you go to one and a lot of them will do a small tapas and then the tapas get bigger and more substantial the more you drink. So it's like we would go out and spend nominal amounts of money for these <laughs> cocktails that we're going to get anyways. And then we would get fed through it. So sometimes, you know, there was this English guy that opened one 
right around the corner from where we were staying and he would do these little curry bowls. So you got this like little serving of curry for each beer that you bought. I mean, it was really... And on a college budget, that innovative. Works. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I loved it. I fell in love with the food. I fell in love with the people there. I fell in love with siestas. I couldn't believe that that yeah. was a thing. And the nightlife was so fun. It was all these, you know, little clubs carved into the, the I, I don't even know, like the cliffside, I guess, mm-hmm. but overlooking the Alhambra. So it was pretty cool. It was a great place to study abroad. I didn't get to, I went to, a couple of years ago, I went to Malaga and Sevilla. You were right there. I know, but I guess the Alhambra, especially that time of year, it was summer. You had to make a reservation because it was so crowded. Really? Uh, yeah. If you weren't with on a tour, you had to like plan yeah. it but yeah. ahead of time and we were just... We didn't plan it well. Maybe things have changed. We didn't plan it well. when I was there, it was pretty, yeah. pretty last minute you could go up there. But Sevilla is amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Did you go to Segovia? It's one of my too? favorite towns. Yeah, it's so cool. Loved it. It's so cool. See, it has the same vibe. That kind of just yeah. relaxed, you know, very Spanish. It's it, You don't get that. You especially don't get it in Barcelona, but you don't really get that in Madrid either. Madrid feels kind of just like a metropolis, a big city that yeah. everyone speaks Spanish, but it's still just a big, beautiful city. <laughs> How were your Spanish skills before you went? Before I went, I was minoring in Spanish, so they were fine. I could do the colors, I could get around, you know, I could do easy conversational. And then I took all my classes at the Spanish university there, and my Spanish skyrocketed. You know, before I knew it, I was dreaming in Spanish. It was like, got so great so fast. Uh, now it is still there, but it is sloppy. I know, but we live in Los yeah. Angeles. We should all know it. We could use it. You're right, but I struggle with Mexican Spanish. You know, I think oh, yeah. that my well, Spanish, Spanish is Spanish. very, yeah, it's very different. And like mm-hmm. I, when I was in Mexico City, I had a hell of a time getting around. I was like, didn't, <laughs> nobody understood me. I would have to like explain everything three ways to get something very simple across. So For me, the toughest Spanish accent is down in Buenos Aires. It's impossible. Have you been down there? It's like Yes, crazy. I was there this Christmas. It's yeah. nuts. No, it doesn't make... I, it sounds Italian. It's yeah. like a weird... And that was the one place. I'm Usually I can get by. Yeah. But that was one place where they were just looking at me like, I don't yeah. know what you're saying. I and had, I'm looking at them like, I'm not even getting a gist. I had here. trouble there. And then I had trouble in Uruguay as oh, well. Oh, okay. Punta del Este. I'm like... And I, it was a huge... We went for New Year. So it's like oh, so many... big party. It was like a lot of Brazilians too that were speaking Portuguese. So I'm like, I didn't... I couldn't even... <laughs> I was lost the whole time I was there. It was like, and nobody really spoke English. I felt like I was just, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you did. You probably I had fun. I just pointed a lot. Yeah. The, uh, I, we stopped in Punta del Este. I was there last year because I did a, an Antarctica cruise. And oh, we were coming back. That's a little different. Yeah. Well, we were coming back on our way. The scenery. It was an unscheduled stop because we, we didn't stop in the Falklands because the weather was too bad. It was oh. too rough. And. So it was five rough days at sea coming back. Oh, my gosh. The Drake Passage. It was really Yikes. bad. So the captain was nice of him. He said, we're going to make a, an, an unscheduled stop before we get to Montevideo, yep. which was going to be our next one. He said, we'll stop and put Del Este. So it was like six days after we were in Antarctica surrounded by wow. penguins. And then you're in we this get like, off, we're in like Miami Beach. Yeah. Like, hey. It's like Miami meets the Hamptons. That's yeah, how I yeah. describe it. But, Very expensive. Yeah, it was. Incredibly but, expensive, but so beautiful. It, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But boy, was it needed. Yeah. <laughs> it was needed oh, yeah. after that. But it yeah. was really cool. I had never been. And Uruguay is probably, I think, I think it's the wealthiest country in South America. Yeah. In and terms of standard living. And is the, the yeah. premier place to spend your wealth. <laughs> yeah. So you're a fan. I saw you had a guide yeah. on there of things. So when you go to a yeah. place, other people... I don't know. Would you say it's a blog? I don't know. People say it's a site or a blog. Do you call it a blog anymore? I'm not even know the terminology. Know. I say, yeah, I'll say blog. I'll so, say blog. A lot of people, ooh, There's here's no a plane. There's no shame in a blog. Ah, we're going to talk right <laughs> through the plane. Planes happen, folks. Somebody's um, off on their next big adventure. Yeah, exactly. They're traveling. <laughs> yeah, it kind of fits in the theme. So, <clears throat> like, when you are at a place, yes. are you one of those people that feel that they need to post constantly or do you mm. just save it all when you get back or how does it... I never post in the moment. I mean, well, it dep- that, that's not true. If it is some place that I go, if I travel by myself and I'm there for an extended period of time, like I was in Bali for a month alone, you know, that's like, I'm there because I want to write and I want to check in with myself and post and, and you know, kind of clean up things. It's not that it's just all a tourism trip for me that's like I'm living there almost mm-hmm. um, but on a normal trip I just I don't even you know I feel like as I've gotten older I'm like really put my camera down more I collect less images I 
you know, try to unplug a lot more while I'm there. And it's more fun for me to digest the trip afterwards and really pick out something, you know, like I might blog just about the Moroccan tea experience and how I learned what that really means and how there's all these like subtleties to it. And, you know, the way that they pour will tell how much they like you and the way that they (laughs) they tilt the cup and, you know, all these things. It might be something that doesn't even have to do necessarily with the 10 places you should see when you go there. Right. So I, I think I try to let it, yeah, like sit with me for a little bit and I might post something that week. I might start writing when I'm on the plane ride home or it might even be a year later. So what kind of feedback do you usually get from uh, your followers and and what what are their favorite things about it? They want restaurants. They want, <laughs> they right. want, they want the stuff that I'll still give them, you know. But that those are the ones that usually get the highest hits. Is like, especially if it's something niche, you know. Especially since I started abstaining from eating meat. If I like do a post about the best places to get vegan food or something that's like a little more niche, or you know, even like packing tips for a place or. Um, raiding a spa or talking about <laughs> hotels or anything like that I think jives the best honestly I, that's that's those are the posts that really keep me going right um they're not my favorite to write but that's okay <laughs> I get to sprinkle in bits of both yeah I mean are you uh, fully vegan or vegetarian mostly I oh. always eat fish now so I've been I tried vegan before um I vegan's def- hard vegan is hard it is hard vegetarian's I don't easy meat. vegan's yes. hard I don't eat meat um but I have been eating dairy like when I was in Rome and when I was in Greece I ate dairy Especially so traveling yeah so that is I'll oof. go through stints of being it's so easy in LA it's, oh, I don't yeah, even here. notice being vegan here like I get a food delivery service right. I, I cook vegan you know I all the restaurants around my house are just happen to be vegan you know <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't matter for me here but but then you go to Buenos Aires and right. it's like what kind of how many how much steak do you want today right it's well, like in, no I don't want no more meat in please. Buenos Aires I did say with the group I'm like if the steak is the best in the world like I will 100% have a bite you know if you if you say this is so good you should try it you know like I'm not a stickler like that I will 100% try it and every time that they ordered a big steak I'd be like well and they'd be like well you know like I don't know Masters is still pretty good you know I don't know like this is because they don't they, it's not seasoned the way yeah. that we're used to seasoning our meat and I'm the sauce person you know like, okay. I like the sauces and the seasoning and like that's what makes the dishes for me it's not the actual meat so I never even had one bite of it but I ate so much fish when I was there yeah I found that the meat like you know they're known for their steaks in Argentina and everything but yeah. the meat if you're accustomed to like American meat which is you know they feed them to be fatter yeah because all the flavors in the fat Right. So I it tends to be like more marbled and, and pump them up. So the they eat all yeah. the grass and so it's leaner. Right. So people are not used to it. Yes. it. It tends to be maybe less flavor. And again, like yeah. you said, they don't season it the same. Right, because they're so proud of it. They're like, why would we season yeah, we have, this? It's we have real amazing. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> that's not and laced I'm like, with oh, hormones. No, I want some, yeah. But I did lo- I put the chimichurri sauce oh, that's on good stuff. everything. I mean yeah. things that it did not belong on. I would get it with like everything I ordered, I'd be like, Well, chimichurri. <laughs> but like vegan, it was like if you, you can't go down there or go to Italy and stuff and not eat gelato. I know. You can't do it. No, why so, would you want to? What's yeah, the no, point? Why no, even go? You got to live life yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Although my trip coming up to Peru in October is offered as a vegan trip. Peru is doable. It's a lot of quinoa. Yes. You're going to yeah. be a little uh, quinoa well, overload. We're doing um, like a raw vegan dinner with a shaman. A shaman. Two oh. shamans the first night when we get in. You're not doing the and ayahuasca then, thing. No, we're not. Okay. I am curious, though, but not on so this trip. I, but, uh, and I feel like there's a lot of liability for me to bring people down yeah, there and do that. Yeah, so. maybe that's not your... <laughs> not uh, this trip. No. But uh, And then we'll do like a vegan cooking class. But I mean, I'm not going to... I I will still have a Pisco Sour and I will still have ceviche, but I've just made sure that we have vegan options available at every place that we're going to so that vegans can feel like they can travel and still get a good experience. So when you uh, curate a trip and... You go on it, right? You yes. lead it. How many people usually? And, and like, what is the cost level and like the luxury level? So max is 10 to 12 people. We usually get around eight. And the trips will really vary between cost. I mean, Peru, we did a lot less luxury um, because we're offering it as like a healing, vegan, yoga. You know, I'm going to do yoga and meditation every day with everyone. And there's supposed to be a lot of moments for healing and like connecting with I don't know, Mother Nature, I guess. But <laughs> um, but something like 
Morocco is pretty luxurious. That is double the price. And then we're in like the $4,000 range for the trip. And we're staying at the Four Seasons and we're staying at really nice hotels that are right in um, the main square for a little bit. We take these luxury cars out all the way into the desert and stay at luxury tents. And, And you really do, I think, for a trip like that with a lot of moving pieces, you want the luxury. I think that Marrakesh is such an overwhelming experience. Like the smells, the sounds, the tastes, like everything is so hectic that you really do need to feel like you're returning to a sanctuary so you can decompress. India's like that too. When I went to India, it's just, uh, there's a big difference between roughing it, say, you know, in Europe and then roughing it in India because Indian roughing it is rough. Yes. Our India trip is through South India and that is a volunteer trip. It's probably... I guess medium price. It's like, you know, maybe 3000 I'm not quite sure. You can't quote me on that. Okay. <laughs> but that one is definitely more luxurious. But your money goes so far there, you know, especially we're doing like Kerala and we're um, doing Pondicherry and some, some stuff through the south. And they have some beautiful resorts there. So these yoga classes and everything else, do you teach them? Or? Yes. Oh, you, so you're like a certified? Yes, I am. Certified yogi? Yep. Is that a yogi? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm a yogi. Okay. How long have you been doing that? I've only been teaching for about a year, but I have been teaching on camera, doing hosting for yoga videos for quite a while before I was ever certified. And, you know, I've been practicing yoga for ever, oh my gosh, much more than a decade. That'll get you kicked out of Boston. Yeah, yeah. I used to practice at the Y. (laughs) What are you, bending over there? Yeah, yeah, seriously. Have a beer. Seriously. Relax. I used to go to the YMCA in Boston and take my yoga classes there. (laughs) I loved it, though. I loved it. There was like one teacher. There was probably like two classes a week, and I never (laughs) missed them. How many trips do you lead a year about? Two to three. Two to three. Okay. And are these places that you've been yourself and you know well? Usually, usually I've never been to India. So okay. that, but I'm not going. I'm not the only leader on this. Right, you on got that a guide tour. there. Yeah, there that, it's good to have a guide. Right, a local because the, I mean, there's like 26 different languages spoken. I mean, yeah. most people know English, but a lot of people right. don't. If you get farther out there, and yeah, and it's good to have someone who knows the ins and outs. Yes. And even like I'm not, definitely not a tour guide. Like I'm not walking backwards, being like, "Here we are going through Machu Picchu." <laughs> to your you know, left, it's like to your left. I'm the and curi- we're walking, yeah, yes, and yes. we're walking, waving the flag. Yeah, um, I'm the curator, so I make sure that everything feels like I want people to experience a place as if they were traveling alone, and they like happen to become upon a group of friends. Like we offer foremost places, uh, rooms that people can do privately. Because we think it's nice to have that kind of like me time that you can decompress from some of these places. So I try to make it, you know, have enough activities through it that people can pick and choose what works for them, but not have an overbearing itinerary and not have any cheesy touristy stuff. You know, we're not eating at, you know, TripAdvisor's best right. restaurants. <laughs> you know, like I'm asking, you know, friends or, or vetting myself to make sure that we eat at places that are, you know, going to be some of the best meals that we've ever had and, and getting tour guides that are very vetted and not going to take mm-hmm. us on anything cheesy or too touristy, you know, trying to like spend as much time with locals, you know, getting a feel for what life is like in these places. Are a lot of the people that go on these, uh, are a good number of them your friends or did you know them before you go? Yes, I try to pitch it to my friends. Like I want my <laughs> friends to come along. So usually a couple of my friends will come. Um, Peru is... So far, we still have some spots open, but half are my friends. Are they mostly uh, women or are there couples as well? Um, for the one coming up, we have two guys signed up. But for Morocco, we just did women. So it was an only a women's tour. Uh, and that was we wanted to offer Morocco as something that... I don't know. Yeah, it was like uplifting and empowering for women. And Morocco isn't necessarily a place that... A woman yeah. might want to travel alone. Yeah, so some it's strength nice. in numbers in some yeah, of those countries. Yeah, strength in numbers. And I think it was a special trip to just have girls for that. But Peru and India is open to everyone. When are these trips? And if people are interested, when are they going? October 21st is Peru. Still spots open. And the flights just dropped. It's so inexpensive to get there. It's crazy. And then uh, India is December 28th. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Good time of year to be there. That's when I was there over New Year's. Are you getting to uh, Goa? 
You going to go down to Goa? I want to. I have not booked my flight yet, mm. but I would like to. Well, I really want to go to Mysore too and get some like yogi kind of, you know. <laughs> I'm like really curious about going there, but I want to see a lot more of India. So I'm thinking that I might try to tack some stuff onto the end of it. Okay. But I don't know. I really got to work it out. I, I'm not quite 100% positive. I did a two week tour, but we started in Delhi. Boy, that's a loud plane. Uh, we started in Delhi and then we went down to, you know, we did Jaipur and, um, you know, see the Taj Mahal and all that. Then you go down. And we went to uh, Gandhi's ashram, which is oh, in so Ahmedabad. Cool. And then we went to Udapur and then we went, eventually worked our way down to Mumbai. So cool. And then it ended in Mumbai, Mumbai but then, oh no, we, we, then we took the overnight train to Goa. Oh. And at the time I had a friend that was living in Goa. So I just stayed, we got there New Year's Eve and I just stayed for a week in Goa. Oh, so nice. It was a great nice. time to be there. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Russians lot taking it over now, though. Really? But, yeah. Huh. Because it's a cheap beach and, yeah. you know, they go to cheap beaches yeah. all over Asia. Good to know. Yeah. So, uh, but you get, you'll, you know, just be careful what you eat. Yes. I mean, I Everybody gets get sick. sick. Somebody will travel. get sick. Yeah. And I rarely get sick and India took me out. I point. always get sick. I'm a prepared Oh, is for that it. you? Yeah. You're the guy? I, I'm the one that always gets sick. <laughs> I power through. Where was your worst? My stomach's very weak. Where was your worst experience? The first time I went to Morocco, I got a parasite in my stomach and it never, it like, I didn't get it cleared up. I mean, I was, it was when I was studying abroad and oh. we got back from Morocco and then a couple of days later, we went to Ireland. It was my 21st birthday right around then. And, you know, I was like just powering through, mm-hmm. stayed through. You know, I, I I went to the doctors in Spain. I think I got an antibiotic for it, but I ended up coming home and like my stomach was just oh. ruined. I had, you know, a couple rounds of horrible antibiotics. <laughs> oh, and, no. And I've kind of had stomach issues ever since. So, yeah. Oh, am I gone? Oh, there I am. Maybe a bug that didn't Yeah, maybe it's still hanging leave. out Yeah, there. maybe you got, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's scary. Okay, so let's go back to that trip. Um, my first trip out of the country was again, like I was 21, just out of college and then did the whole backpacking URL pass thing. But I needed that moment to see, you know, that there was a different world out there. I mean, you hear about it, you see it on mm-hmm. TV and so, but you don't, until it's in front of you, you know, my eyes were just open. Did you have the same reaction? Yeah, I wasn't taught necessarily to value travel like I, I my Americans dad aren't. is a real adventurer like I've done two cross-country trips in a camper with my dad like he's like he's such an adventurer but uh I don't know for some reason like our you know our big trips were just down to Disney maybe it was just uh, that's that's yeah, what it too. was and and I kind of grew up my parents were like why would you leave the U.S. it's so great you know <laughs> and like my dad had traveled all over and then Finally, I got inside my mom's head and she, the first time I think she left the country was to come visit me in Spain. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up doing, she was like, wanted to do a religious pilgrimage to um, Rome and see the Vatican. Mm -hmm. She wanted to go to Lourdes in France and to another religious site in Portugal. So we did all these cool trips together afterwards. Like good Catholics. Like good Catholics. Did you take her to Ireland? She I took has my not mom a been couple to years. Ireland. <gasps> no. Take her to the motherland? I know. I know. I should. She actually is an Irish, though. She's Greek and German. And she oh. hasn't been to either of those places either, what? though. I know. I know. I got to get her back traveling. Mm. We just booked. Uh, my mom, like, so again, they, like, love the U.S., though. So we just booked for next year. My mom, me, her twin sister, and then their two best friends from high school are all going on this like dude ranch in Yellowstone. It's like a bareback, you know, you're on the <laughs> on the horses and the pack mules carry your probably steaks, but carry your food right. and like they you have a you cook out and, City slickers. That's, yes. Oh, that's yes, great. Yes. My mom's so excited. She already probably has a calendar like a calendar <laughs> countdown for it. I also am excited, but yeah. She gotta cute. get the right hat. She gotta get the oh, perfect yeah. hat. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But so I think that for me, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect when I studied abroad. Like I just, I just got pushed into it. I don't know. My friends just pushed me into it. And then, and then here I am the one that's like always gone, always traveling. Like I'm traveling way more than I'm in Los Angeles and they're, you know, all settled down and, right. you know, it's like life just took me by surprise. I mean, traveling just opened my eyes and I came back and I just felt like such a different person and I felt so like I understood the U.S. more and I understood myself more and I felt so much more grounded in, I don't know, like a in my personality, I guess. Like I didn't think that I had to 
know it all because I felt like I knew so little once I traveled. I think, you know, I look back on it. No, I, I don't know what kind of effect that had on me leaving again for the first time in terms of like when I got back home, I knew I was going to travel again. Mm-hmm. That was for sure. But I mean, would I have had the, I don't know, strength to maybe like move to New York for the first time right. on my own? Right. Could I have gone you know, and then moved 3,000 miles right. to LA? You know, and then it's like, well, I've been through Europe, you know, sleeping in a tent yes. and backpack. And how hard could traveling anywhere in the US right. be? You know, so maybe it fed my, um, certainly my curiosity, but also you just, you just become more independent. I yeah. Think. And then I had the travel bug, like you couldn't believe it once I got back. I mean, my <laughs> eyes were so open and then I was like working my desk job and then, um, as an agent, I was an agent for children actors in Boston, no way, in really? Boston and New York. We had a satellite office in New York. And then I ended up getting a job working out in LA. I had worked in casting already when I was out here. And then, so I came back out here. I was working as an agent for actors and actors, actresses out here at this place called Pinkerton. I think I've heard it of it. It has now since dissolved, but... It was mostly kids, though, right? No, then, then I was doing adults. Okay. We did have some kids, but I was doing adults. And then uh, and then I, I like really wanted to be a travel host. Like I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, I want to be a travel host. Like I want it so badly. And I ended up booking this travel show for Weather Channel, and they flew... You know, I must have moved back. I was back in Boston because they flew me out to they flew me out to Northern California to meet up with my pen pal. I'd had a pen pal since I was <laughs> in fourth grade, so the story is a little convoluted, but it all makes sense. So, since fourth grade, I had this pen pal I would write to. She lived in Iowa, and then she lived in Omaha. So, we made a submission tape and submitted ourselves to this casting, and we booked the job. So, they flew us out. We did this this travel down the whole coast of California, and they, we did surfing lessons that were filmed, and we did dune buggies in Pismo Beach and we did San Francisco like all this tourism stuff they aired it as like a lifestyle segment what on Weather Channel what was the breakdown Channel. though we're looking for pen pals around the country they just wanted they wanted two people to drive this. it was like also for a car commercial like they also kept, you know they okay. were like you plugging the a car too of, you know, yeah. drive a Kia yes, down the yeah. coast yeah, and, okay. um, and then I was like oh this was so cool you know and she ended up moving to California and then I ended up moving back uh-huh. here I was still dating the guy that ended up becoming mm. my husband and then I'm like, okay, cool. Now I know that I want to be a travel host. Like, I loved having the camera on me. I'm like, this is the best. And almost right away, I booked a show for Travel Channel. And I was working on this show called Scambushed. It was a hidden camera show. Scambushed? Yeah. And it was four of us and four hosts. And we would, like, trick tourists at different locations. And then, like, okay. it was, like, all hidden camera. We worked with the guy that did uh, the producer for, or maybe it was the director, for uh, the Candid Camera. It's like. Alan Funt? Was it Funt's kid? I don't know. He was an older guy. I don't know. It was now wow. this was years ago. I don't know. But it was really cool. It was like such an awesome scambush. Yeah, it was so fun, but we never got to leave Southern California. So I was like, all right, screw this. This is not what I wanted to do. Like <laughs> right. I thought I wanted to be a host for a travel channel, but that I just want to be a travel host. So then I booked the show um for it was called Backpacker Nation, and they took us to Columbia. And the premise of the show was these three best friends were gonna take a leap year or gap year and travel backpacking around the world and we were starting in Cambodia or not Cambodia why am I saying that Colombia we were starting in Colombia so we went for a couple weeks to Colombia and shot the pilot episode uh-huh. and then I was like so excited to keep traveling with them but nothing ever came they of didn't it. Pick it up no they ended up I think selling it overseas somewhere the trailer is great was I it mean, three girls or was there was a me guy there and two guys okay yeah backpacking wow what was the production company? Maybe I worked with them. Step two productions. Hmm. I don't know them. Wow. Well, so you've done a number of shows. Yeah. How many episodes of the Scambush were there? It was a full season, so it must have been I don't know eight episodes. Oh, probably. eight to thirteen or something. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was really fun. And then <laughs> I did a bunch of hosting since then. You know, I've hosted a ton of stuff sense but never another good travel show like I ho- I did host for Undercover Boss for a little bit oh, but it okay. was none of the glory like I was the one that we and we got to travel all around the US which was fun but I'd be the host that came in and set up the premise for the fake show so we could trick everyone and everyone was really tricked on that show I know nobody believes that but like people really have no idea it's Undercover Boss and it's because somebody like me comes in and pretends that we're hosting a different show oh, okay. so I only got like a glimmer of myself in the beginning of each episode they'd like to be like this is how we set it up you know our, we sent our host Chelsea in and then it would show me 
and that was it. And I'm like, I'm traveling for two weeks for each one of these little episodes yeah. and I'm not getting any of the glory of it, you know? The first show I ever did out here was uh, I did a hidden camera thing too and uh, it was called Payback <laughs> and it aired as a special on NBC. But uh, yeah, I didn't have the stomach for it, like tricking people. I hated practical jokes. Yeah. Growing up. It's like when, you, when people are freaking out in front of you, I just I wanted to like break character and go, it's okay, this is just a show. Don't I know, work. I know. And I just, I couldn't do it. I was like, I, I mean, I I, I didn't even do the real dirty work, but we set up these, yeah, these things that it didn't get picked up, but well, it's still, I just like, yeah, ooh, I didn't, have I, know. The, I didn't have the heart for it. I know. It made me really uncomfortable too. I so much rather do something where it's like one of those, like Backpacker Nation was so cool because it wasn't, you know, sometimes we'd be talking directly to camera, kind of like in a confessional kind of oh, scenario, yeah. but mostly it was just like, we'd be, you know, placed in like a local would be placed in with us and we'd be talking to them like helping to plan out the rest of our trip and it was shot so cool like all of our transitions were shot with these awesome aerial drone shots everything was so (laughs) beautiful and I'm like that is the dream you know that's like the way that Anthony Bourdain's show was shot where it's like he's not just deadpan like cheesy I like that he never had to look at the camera yeah and and like never talk in his own voice there was no script really I mean he wrote the the voiceover later right but uh, on camera, yeah, he could just, I mean, it was very, it was not hosty. Yeah. It's funny. Sometimes I'll book like reporter or, you know, something that's more of like a host thing. And I have to be like, now here we are with, you know, it's so cheesy. It's oh. so silly. I'm and like, I've why is a, that I've done still plenty a thing? Of yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, I just, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't even think that it's engaging to listen to somebody that's talking no, like believe that. believe me. I did, uh, made a whole living off it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, that's not. What we'd rather do, we'd rather have a like be able to use our own voice and be able right. to, um, which is the dream of every certainly travel host. That I mean, right. you're pitching your own shows now. Or? I keep trying. I am like so obnoxious with the people that I know that work in casting, and nobody wants to pick anything up without a sizzle. They just like won't even, and I just don't. Ha- I don't even know. I don't know how much it would even cost to do something like that, but I would love. Well, love, the good love, news love is that the technology show. has gotten so much better and the I cheaper. Know. I mean, you shoot like 5K and, and like I know nothing, you know, I with know. GoPros and let's like say drones. I remember you may not remember, but the time before drones to get those shots, you'd have to hire a helicopter and a yeah. pilot and or pay like him a giant jib. Oh, my like God. The jib arms. That would be. And now I've shot commercials with, uh, you know, they're following yeah. me in the car with a drone and it yeah. looks amazing. I it know. looks amazing. Or I drive right up to it, and then they lift it at the last minute as I drive under That's it. It's so cool. It's really cool. We looking. had one seat, one shot where we're walking over this bridge, like out in the like the jungle, and we're walking over this little skinny bridge. It's so scary. There's a waterfall to the right of us, <laughs> and the drone comes around the bridge, so a so, full circle around us. And I'm like, this is so cool, you know? Where did you go in Greece last year? I was there last year as well. I was there last week. Not last, last week? Year. Yeah, I was there last oh my God. week. That's, I still have a remnant of a little bit of a tan. Nice. We went to Mykonos okay, and partied with everyone from Los That's Angeles. That's what you do in Mykonos. Yeah. I don't think I need to go back. I felt like I was in Los Angeles. I was a little... Uh, or Ibiza or one of those. Yeah. 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 So I, I was past my uh, yeah. Mykonos age. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I went to Santorini. Yeah, I did Santorini on this um, trip. Paros, Naxos, and yep. Eos. I've done Paros and Naxos last time I was there. I did Eos this time too. Uh, I was planning on going. I was planning on going with friends for a week to Mykonos, and then by myself for a week in Santorini. So I had picked this cute little Airbnb in the middle of the island. Already emailed about getting a little Vespa to kill myself on, like driving around the, uh, thing, at the island, you know. And I. And was by the like, way, folks, she just rode her bike here <laughs> to the beach all the way from West Hollywood. Adventure is my middle name. <laughs> whipping by her at forty miles. Yeah, you took your life in your hands getting here. I no helmet. I don't know why you're afraid of a <laughs> moped and. Mika or Santorini. But I, and you know, so I had this like cute little place and I was like, you know, I've been like, you know, I've written a few screenplays. I've like started a couple of books. I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm just going to write. You know, I'm going to write. I'm going to explore during the day. Take myself to I'm a nice full dinner. Mamma Mia. And I'm going to write. And then last minute, my husband was like, you know, I think I'll come, which I wanted him to come the whole time. 
And he was like, I think I'll come. And then so now I'm all embarrassed about my like little Airbnb that I booked in Santorini. Like I was like, well, if you were coming, you know, we would have got somewhere. What do you have to we impress your husband? Infinity pool. You come know? on. I mean, <laughs> but, like, I think so, he knows you yes, pretty well. Yeah, that's I think true. That's true. But so we ended up, I mean, we had, so we ended up inviting more friends to come to Santorini and like we spent the whole time on boats and like he's like so adventurous, can't sit still. So I got absolutely no writing done, but I saw way more of the island. I saw so much more like experienced so much right. more because he is so, you know, he is the opposite of a sit on the beach and chill kind of person, which I usually am too. I'm not, I don't like beach vacations, but he really is opposite spectrum. <laughs> so it was cool. It was like, we were really adventurous. You know, we got to do all well, the, you know. Well, as someone who went to Santorini alone last year, I think you were better off. Yeah, uh, everyone's like, why would you go to Honeymoon Island? Uh, yeah, alone? I was there. It's like me and just couples yeah. everywhere. I, I'm looking at the sunset like, yeah, this is nice. Uh, I was manif- look at this weird old yeah. guy by himself. <laughs> staring at us. I had manifested in my head. I had this scenario that like um, I was going to become friends with my Airbnb owner and he I was going to become friends with him and his friends. Yeah, I'm sure. And like be friends with the locals and they were really Gus, nice. I think Nick, Pete. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then I also had another idea that like maybe some couple would kind of adopt me. They'd be like, oh, "Sure. This is sad. Well, why wouldn't we'll they? go to dinner with her one night and you know, but I didn't it didn't have to come to that. <laughs> so everything you're was st- fine. Standing around with Japanese couples yeah, taking yeah, photos. Yeah, seriously. So I'm like, I'll take you guys' photo if like you take mine. <laughs> so that wasn't a curated trip that you no, did. No, that was just for okay. fun. So where's, like, if you were going to go anywhere in the world, where are your dream places you haven't been yet? I haven't been to South Africa. Oh, really? And we've been planning and planning and planning. I want to go with my husband. Uh, We were supposed to go for our honeymoon. We still haven't gone. It's just, I think to do it right is just a huge price tag and a big undertaking. It's a long way to get there. We want to spend a couple weeks there. I want to do, you know, five, five nights in Cape Town. I want to do... Cape Town's great. I want to hit a couple different safari parks. I want to see Draft Manor. You know, I want to see. There's so much to see and so much to do there. And it's not like it's a one. You can only go one time and cross it off your list. But I do want to feel accomplished when I return home. So we are in the midst of planning that. We were thinking about going this spring. And then now we just got saved the dates for two weddings that we can't Mm. miss. So one's in Ibiza. So maybe we're thinking about renting a boat and, you know, doing a whole boating around Italy or boating around Spain. My husband loves to sail, so... Have you been to Mallorca yet? We haven't. Oh, I was there a couple of years ago. I would like to go to Mallorca, yeah. And they actually... And Menorca, the other one, is, like, really nice. Yeah, you can rent some bear boats out of there, too. We were looking into that. So, yeah, I would love to do that. I haven't been back to Spain uh, since I studied abroad there, too, so it'd be nice to go there. I don't really care about going to Ibiza, though. No. After you've been to Mykonos... Yeah. I mean, I'm so happy for them to get married. Like, that's exciting. And, you know, I'll go yeah. I'll go for the one or two nights. I'm surprised they picked there. You're, he they're... is big in the EDM music DJ? I was going to say, is he He's a DJ? He's not a DJ, but he has a radio channel. And I think he likes sound edits for a lot of DJs. Mm-hmm. And he's very in that world. And he's from London originally. So I think... Okay. I don't know. He's that guy. He's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he is that guy. Okay. So that's not... So in terms of... Um, your blog. Yes. Well, I keep saying blog, but... No, blog's cool. Okay. There's no shame in blog. <laughs> There's no shame in my blog game. So, so aside from um, health stuff and travel stuff, what can other people find on the blog? Ooh, well, if you're planning a wedding, you'll find oh, some well. savvy wedding tips on there because okay. I had a real do-it-yourself wedding. Um, you did? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you end up going on a honeymoon? That, no, that was- um, I, t- I gave him as a gift for... Are like a wedding gift. I, I gave him a few nights in Ojai, like oh. right afterwards, because we get married in Santa Barbara. But oh, honestly, beautiful. we do travel quite like I'll go on a trip by myself, usually once a year, and then I'll go with girlfriends or whatever, maybe once a year. But we'll do a couple trips too. So, you know, we've done trips that are pretty honeymoon esque. We've had multiple honeymoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we just, like, we did Tulum, felt kind of honeymoonish. We did Santorini, Santorini felt very honeymoon. With all the know? other honeymooners. Yeah, like there's been some really nice trips that we've done that have felt like that could be it. I don't know. You know, I think that's for somebody that travels all the time. A honeymoon doesn't have, like, I don't need a break from my regular <laughs> life. My my regular life is usually traveling. So I think a honeymoon is like our big last hurrah Let's before we in. have kids or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh do you, um, do you, you also have like restaurant 
stuff, yes, right? Yes, I do have a lot of restaurant stuff, a lot of fitness stuff. I mean, it's really, I feel like now it's just a lot of companies and a lot of different brands will come at me with different things. And I say no, probably 80% of the time to being sent things. So Because you don't want to be biased? And um, because if I'm not really excited for something, I don't want to promote it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take something for free and then not, or, or get paid even to take something and not love the product that I'm in turn selling. So I, I'll have a lot of things on my blog that are Los Angeles based, whether it's reviews of services or like a lot of like beauty stuff and things like that. Um, I saw you yoga classes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like a lot of like thrifty little things, but I do say no to quite a few companies that want to send me things that I just, you know, I want, I don't want to be, I don't want to be selling things. That's not what the blog is for. Do you do uh, clothes or products? Like I get sent a lot of clothes, but that's all for really Instagram. You know, every once in a while I'll have like a fashion blog, especially if it's something like, I honestly didn't know what to wear to the Hamptons the first time I went last summer. Like I had never been before. I'm like, what the hell do people wear here? I'm like really lost at what to shop. What do you mean? Just wear your Malibu clothes. No, it's so different. Are they more formal there? It's like, yeah, it's like East Coast tends to be more formal anyway. Uh, yeah, but it's like classy but still trendy. And I had a hell of a time shopping for that trip. And I, again, I'm pretty thrifty about my shopping. So I, I did make a blog post about like what the hell you're supposed to wear when you're there. So every once in a while I will do that. Or like I'll definitely end up writing a blog post about what to pack to go to Greece. Because for me to bring heels to Greece was the biggest waste of suitcase yeah. space in the entire world. And I wish that somebody had just told me like right. you don't You could be walking those. on cobblestone yeah. streets. and You're going to break an ankle. Right. But yeah, so sometimes fashion. I do get sent a lot of fashion stuff to post on Instagram, which is so fun. I love fashion freebies. Those are the best. (laughs) But as far as like vitamin supplements, like proteins, all that kind of stuff, like I am so um, selective about what I will take and promote. And I give really honest feedback too. And so I'm really upfront with any company about you know that so where uh, aside from south america where has been the hardest place to be vegetarian Ooh, morocco was really hard they cook everything i thought i was eating vegan in morocco and it the it turns goat. out they cook everything in butter and <laughs> oh I've, butter yeah so i'm pretty sure it's like just animal fat too so that was a little tricky um just because of the cooking process in india think. it'll be easy it's easy to eat ve- i yeah. eat vegetarian there but yeah. they use that butter the ghee yes and so you got to be careful about that Clarified and i don't like i didn't lose any weight usually i lose weight when i'm yeah. traveling there i'm thinking oh man i'm gonna lose weight yeah and, and i got sick in the middle of it so i'm oh thinking i'm gonna lose weight but no but you forget like how heavy that the right. sauces are and the, right. and the curries and the um and also, you're just eat so much rice right. and non bread. You're yes. like, oh, yes. it was so good. I just had a heavy Indian meal the other yeah. day, a bad mash. Samosas. Yeah. Oh yes. my God, so More. good. More. I felt like the easiest place to eat vegan and the, the, my favorite food Thailand. was Bali. I oh, thought yeah, Bali. Bali. No, yeah. Thailand. I, Thailand, they're like, they all feel like they hide meat and everything. I don't know. There's like always, <laughs> when I went, I was eating meat and I ate like street meat everywhere that I went. But I feel like all the time, you know, you'd order something that looked like it was going to be coconut and vegetables. And there, I was like, what is this substance that's in there? And they'd be like, oh, it's, it's chicken. Chicken. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. you know? Like, I, I think that, you know, it's not like as, like Bali, it's actually the entire restaurants will be vegan. Like they mm-hmm. don't have really cows there like their milk comes from cashews because they produce cashews like their ice cream is made from cashews and coconuts because that's what they have you know i think that it's just easier for them to have these fully vegan restaurants and they're delicious the food was so good there Uh, were you in ubud I was. I yeah. stayed 30 full One of days those white there. women walking around with a yoga uh, mat. And oh, my God. I loved it. I was there for 30 <laughs> full days, but I did like take little trips. I just left my stuff there and took little trips everywhere yeah. else. I yeah. Yeah, you got to get out of like the main... You don't want to go to... What's the uh, Kuda or Seminyak? Oh, yeah. No. Drunken Australian surfers yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I think Seminyak you got to see. Kuda you don't have Seminyak to see. Seminyak I stayed in Kuda and you don't want to go to. Yep. Nope. No, thanks. <laughs> Uluwatu is pretty cool. Changu is pretty cool. The little islands off of it. New Salimbogan was my favorite. It was so cool. I know. They just had a big hurricane over there. I know. So scary. And I there's know. one now barreling on uh, Hawaii. It's 
frightening. When I was there, we did this overnight hike. They picked us up at like 2 a.m., I think. And you hiked during the night up this active volcano. And then, you know, the sunrise is coming up and it's so beautiful. And, you know, it's really active. The steam's coming up. You can cook an egg right there. You know, it's beautiful. And then a month after I got back is when that volcano erupted. I mean, that's wild to me. We think that... I, I, it's just crazy to me that that is such that Mother Nature still has this kind of effect that we don't even, you know, I don't know that we're so Mother Nature laughs at us, and every yeah, time we think we're comfortable, it I just know, shakes us off. I know we think else. we're so technologically advanced, and no. then uh, here's a hurricane, here's an earthquake. Oh my gosh, earthquakes are so frightening. I think yeah. about that all the time. When I first moved out here, I felt earthquakes all the time. Now you just is, sleep through them. No, there's there's so many less. I feel like Ugh. I know it scares me. You don't want to get too complacent. That's the worry. The big one's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, now we're going to get to the, the... The conspiracy theory. No, you're crazy, your stories. <laughs> what, um, let's say, the any run, anything stolen anywhere ever? No. Any but, robberies? Oh, my God. I'm so... Uh, I, I've, got, I've been robbed more times in Los Angeles at my house than I've been robbed traveling. In West Hollywood? Really nice. Yes. Somebody broke into my gated front yard and stole my bicycle once, which wasn't locked up, but it was hidden behind a porch. So it was like a double barrier. And then another time they broke in, went into my car and went into my trunk and stole my purse out of my trunk. I'm like, what kind of inside job is this that you can, that you know that my car, that, that, uh, that this car is unlocked. You couldn't tell that it was, I don't know. It surprised me. And we, we were home too, which was wild. Oh. But, um, I did when I first got to Bali, the first day I got there, I like, I was traveling alone and I stayed in Seminyak for two nights, I think, or a night before I went up to Ubud. And I was at this hotel that was cute, but not necessarily nice, probably 20 bucks a night. <laughs> and, I was so excited. I'm like, I'm going to catch my first sunset here on the beach. And it took forever to get there. And I'm like, I throw all my stuff down, my new laptop, my new, my brand new Canon camera. I didn't take it with me. Like my passport, I leave on the bed, all of my stuff right on the bed, right on the bed. No, I didn't put anything in the safe. And I run out the door, shut the door behind me, run out. The door didn't shut all the way. It flung back, flung back open. And I'm in the main hallway on the first floor, the main hallway that everyone walks by neck near the pool. And I came back, I saw the sunset, got a drink at Potato Head, got dinner, came back. Not a single thing was stolen. Oh, God. And like that wasn't the only time. I feel like I've been so lucky when I'm traveling. I am so like I have just this unnatural um, security, like sense of security all the time. I always think everything's going to be okay. Like I am never worried. I'm always like somebody could be like I feel like my feeling for being worried is like uh, like it takes so much to get me actually scared. You know what I mean? Like I could be followed by somebody who was going to mug me and it would be like they would have to be actually taking something before I would get that sense of (laughs) Of scared and yeah, I've been really lucky. Knock on wood. What about the uh, worst flight or ever had anything? <gasps> the oh. worst. You got one. You had yes. a bad one. Philippine airline. Oh boy. Those. I won't swear, but God <laughs> damn did. it, they were terrible. So uh, coming back from oh God, where was I coming back from? Maybe Japan. And you didn't get stranded in Manila. I had that happen to I'm me. I'm with my husband. Uh, and we're Manila's traveling with a couple. Word. Yes, we're traveling with another couple. And they booked their business class flight home, a different flight. We're flying economy. And we book it with Philippine Airlines for like a great deal. We've never flown Philippine Airlines. We get to Manila, worst airport in the world by far. So terrible. Like they checked us off on a pl- on a written list, our names. Like I, I, they didn't have computers and everyone can smoke inside for some reason. But <laughs> anyways, we get to Manila and um, they board us on our flight and, and we sit down. We're next to like a crazy person. I'm in the middle. And we go to take off. It's like two hours into the flight and they come on the loudspeaker and they say something we don't know you know not in english at first and then they say it and everyone gasps everyone's like literally gasping people people sound like they're going to start crying and then they tell us in english that something is wrong and they have to we're not they say we're not going to make it to hawaii so we have to turn around that's the what they told us in english and we're like what and people are crying people start holding hands they're praying like it was really scary the flight attendants are like really frazzled and we turn around so now we have to drive two hours back drive we have to fly two hours back to manila and then we're circling over the water right so i'm i write my will out to my parents i'm like hey like i want my little baby shelly i want like you guys to take care of her like unless she gets one cup of food in the morning what like i'm like literally you know like i actually we really don't think we're gonna make it because we're circling maybe your baby or a dog dog (laughs) 
Maybe to give her one cup my, of food. Still my baby. <laughs> <laughs> she's both. She's both. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But you know, she's got it. She, we're trying to have her lose I know, weight. We you know? her, I but, get um, it. So we're circling, and and I, I we honestly think that we're going down. Like I'm like they're, I'm like they're gonna crash land us. Like this is like so frightening. So we finally land back in Manila. We land safely. Um, they keep us at customs for like another two hours because we're not supposed to be there. Like it's a connecting flight. And then we finally get out there shipping us all to something. And we booked the Sofitel Hotel. It was like really inexpensive, beautiful hotel. We get there. I'm like all shaky. I'm not talking. Like when I'm really mm. scared, any um, heights make me really scared too. And I get really quiet. So like uh, super quiet. So I'm not talking. I'm just like kind of staring at the moon of this beautiful balcony. And the next day our flights at maybe 4 p.m. and I go downstairs and um, like I check out the little spa area and I slip and I fall and I crack my back like something goes so hard I don't know I'm just like all frazzled so now I have all this back pain and we get to the airport early and we go to get on our flight and um, I tell them like it's the same thing like the same exact seating arrangements same flight because we knew like same plane because we knew that the thing in front of us had been broken like the little Thing where you put the pamphlets. Oh, yeah. What was, was wrong with the plate? They said it was a fuel, something with the fuel tank. Okay. Not enough fuel. They were leaking fuel. or Something was going on with the fuel. So now you get back the next day to the same, same plane. Same plane, same plane. So now we're all like <laughs> kind of freaked out, right? So we go to take off. off the, off the We sit on the tarmac for an extra hour. Then we oh, go to take off. Yeah. Sure. We go to take off. And as the front wheels are taking off, everything, the electricity, everything goes down. We slam back to the ground and we all scream. And now we have an electrical problem is what they're saying. (laughs) And they're not letting people off the plane. Like, so there's like some people that are freaking out and like us, you know, like I'm like, no, this is like a bad sign. We are getting off this thing. So we finally just stand up until they let us off. They don't. They didn't let us off for another hour. They finally let us off. We end up everybody um, or just the two of you? Just 11 people got off. Okay. And the rest stayed. Back in Manila. Back in Manila. And those people, we checked in with, we ended up making friends with somebody. They stayed for another five hours on the tarmac before they took off back to LA. And they all stayed. But anyway, so we get back off in Manila and now I'm like panic stricken. I'm like, we're stuck in the Philippines. Like, beautiful place. But I'm like, oh my God, like this is so, like I just want to get home. We've been gone for three weeks. Like, holy shit, I never want to get on a plane again. (laughs) And so we end up going, like I try to tell the people at Philippine Airlines, I'm like, well, I slipped, my back hurts. Like they bring us to this doctor. I'm like, maybe they could just put us on like a different airline or something. Like maybe something can happen. They, they give me a no fly. They give me this no fly thing because they say that my back is too bad to fly so I'm like oh my god so I have to rip this up and now I can't fly Philippine Airlines because now they put me on a no fly list because I have this back problem and they want me to like wait a couple days in Manila (laughs) and I was just trying to use this so we could get on another flight so that backfired so we end up going to the another terminal and just booked a flight to South Korea on Korean Airlines, God. stayed in South Korea airport for 11 hours. And I would have loved With to a see bad South Korea, but I just was like, South we, were, great. we were exasperated. And then we flew back to LA from there. Yeah. And that was oh, a, a nightmare, nightmare flight. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It was bad. That's a bad. How long ago was that? And we had to fly to Boston to pick up my dog. Oh, that was like four years ago. Wait, you didn't even go back to LA? You went yeah, all the way was, to Boston? I think it was, we had flew back to, oh no, maybe we didn't. Yeah, we might've come back right back to LA on that oh. time. I think it was back to LA. Yeah. That was back to LA and then we were there. We were in LA for a little bit actually. Mm. That was another horror flight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a bad one. That was a bad one. I'll never fly Philippine Airlines again. Well, let's end it on a good note then. What, places would you recommend to people that maybe are off the beaten track and that don't get a lot of publicity yeah okay i love that so i think going out to the sahara desert in morocco is once in a lifetime experience i think going out to stay in these luxury camps and seeing the berber lifestyle and like getting a real taste of a different life and totally unplugging six hours from a railroad is something that everyone should do once I also would say, what other place really touched me? Ugh. I mean, I, now that we've been talking about Spain, I think that southern Spain has something special in it, too. Um, and then another off-the-beaten-path that I love. God, I think that Tokyo kind of changed me a little bit, too. I wouldn't even say it's off-the-beaten-path. I think Tokyo is no, such it's, a big... It's a well-worn it's, path. Yeah, but it's just such a big, crazy place. Yeah. I think it's such a big, beautiful, crazy, different really out of your element place that you can get 
a lot of culture and see a lot and do a lot. And it's a cool jumping off point to see a lot of the rest of the world. And it's safe and clean. Yeah, and yeah. Easy. Nobody speaks English there, though. Yeah. You get those lost in translation moments when yeah. you're just walking around. It's, it's just, like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, you I have, to, you have to watch Lost in Translation on the way yeah. there because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole movie really sets you up for what to experience. Right. So, okay, now we can get the plugs in. Yes. Tell people where they can find you, uh, not on your site, but on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. Um, my Instagram is at Organic Travel. Organic Travel. Yep. And my Twitter is at Chelsea Gilson. Chelsea Gilson. Yep. And The Traveling Fig. The Traveling is Fig. The site. I got to consolidate everything, probably. <laughs> the Traveling Fig is the site. It's I right did have, have a traveling fig. names for I, yeah, I had a Traveling Fig Instagram and then I lost the passport and they never gave it back to me on oh. it. Yeah, so. I did look it up and there is a different The Traveling Fig. Yeah. It's owned by somebody else. Yeah, I think it was owned by me at one point, but. They took it. Yeah. Bastards. Whatever. Organic travel's cooler. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. well, that's easy to remember. Yeah. And uh, it says everything. Yeah, <laughs> really? it does. It's like traveling organically, but also eat clean. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, you'll, uh, we'll have links to all your uh, pages cool. and everything uh, at TravelTalesPodcast.com. So go there, folks, and link it to her. And finally, uh, what do you think all this travel and, and your experiences around the world has taught you about yourself and people, and how has it changed you? I believe that travel can wear away some of the stereotypes and some of the baggage that we carry around either from where we grew up or how we were raised or what we watch on tv i think that the more that i travel to all these different places and see people living in all different kinds of situations i feel even more connected to human beings and i feel even more compassionate to all human beings all animals to nature i think that it has profoundly impacted who I am and each trip just brings me closer to this zen like feeling that that we are all on this same path together and we're all just made of the same stuff that's great well now we're going to do a, a, a warrior pose and yeah. then downward dog and everything yes, else yes all uh, the warriors and, uh, <laughs> I can give you a cashew that's all I can offer <laughs> That's vegan friendly. Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for coming. Of course, down thank you for and having me. Biking all the way. I can't believe you did that. You and actually then I have bike to bike all back, back and teach yoga. I know. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, I ate at Medeo last night, so I had Italian food last night. So oh. I got to work it off. So you got to work. <laughs> so healthy. So healthy. <laughs> Chelsea Gilson, everyone. Thanks. Shake your boss. I don't want nobody else. I don't want to go to Chelsea.